Let us pray. Contending earnestly for the faith. Identify faith in Hebitos. Father, we want to thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings forth light and understanding to the simple. We have come again, Lord, to just worship you. We have come again in one accord to hear from the mouth of the Lord, to hear from your mouth, to hear from the mouth of the Father. Father, thank you so much for a continuous download. Thank you for ministering to your people. Thank you for taking us from where we are to where we ought to be. Thank you for planting our feet on higher ground. We are not satisfied with Lord, wherever you, where we are. We because we want more. Because we know there's more in you for us. And dear Lord Jesus, we want to thank you. We want to give you praise. We want to worship you. We want to adore you. Thank you so much once again for this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I will continue again in looking at contending earnestly for the faith. Identify faith inhibitors. Part number two. Contending earnestly for the faith. Identify faith inhibitors. Part two. But the entire you know, the, the whole package is actually we are in part four. But specifically when it comes to identifying faith inhibitors, we are we're going to the second part of the message this morning. Hallelujah. Every one of us will agree that we are living in very, very interesting times. The challenge seems to be multiplying. And the governments of this world or the governments of the nations are becoming more and more confounded. What do we do about this? What do we do about the challenges facing especially with this COVID-19 that everybody said we just not, but has just continued to occupy a center stage. But hear very well the word from the Lord. Do not be afraid. I say to you what? Fear not. Fear not. That is the word or the voice from the temple. Be separate from the noise from the city. Do not be afraid. Because he that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. The challenge is this. Are you dwelling in the secret place of the Most High? If you are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, then you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. Then Basuna said, and I will say, what have you been saying? I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. In him will I trust. And surely because of what you are saying, he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from every noisome pestilence and he will keep you he will watch over you you will not be afraid of the terror of the night or the arrows that fly by day or the pestilence that walks about in darkness or the destruction that lays waste at noonday hallelujah praise the name of the lord he said you will not be afraid then verse number seven what does it say a thousand will fall by your side Ten thousand by your right side, but I shall in no way come near you with your own eyes. Hello, somebody, with your own eyes. Hello, somebody, with your own eyes, with your own ears. You will look and you will see the reward of the wicked. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Because we have made the Lord our God, the most high habitation. No evil shall befall us. No sickness or disease will come near us. No COVID-19 can cross the bloodline. If they attempt to do it, I'm telling you something will fetch them, something will push them back. It's called the blood. It's called the angels of God. Amen. Say, no evil shall befall you. Who give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Many, many years ago, my car wasn't too wonderful, but I had a, 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 a sticker on it called Angels on Guard. Anytime I would enter the car, it was as if an angel would be sitting beside me. Oh, yes, no matter, <laughs> and I would just be ready to go in the day. The angels are still what? They are still around. They have not departed, they've not gone to heaven. They are still here. He is giving his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways so that we will not dash our foot against a stone in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you belong to Christ, that is your portion. If you are in him, that is your Lord. If you are dwelling in the secret place of his most high, that is your portion in this day. And you must not be afraid of a noise coming from the city. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. I said, praise God. Hallelujah. Let me take you again to the book of Jude. The scripture we've been looking at, Jude chapter number one, from verse number one. Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to those who are called and set apart, sanctified by God, the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. To those who are called. Hello? Who are... Who, this message is for who? Those who are what? Those who are called. And those who are what? What does the word sanctify mean? Set apart by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. Verse number two, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Verse number three, what does it say? Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I've explained that to you before, so I'll not be going there again. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. What are we supposed to do to the faith? I just talk about it. Hello, contend earnestly for the faith. What does it mean to contend? We've spoken about that many, many times. We contend, we strive for, we take a stand against, we wrestle for, and say earnestly, meaning, uh, you know, it's not something we do passively. We are actively active about it. We are actively engaged with it. That wherever you go, when you go to work, when you go to the mall, wherever you go, there's something that there's a, there's a carrier of presence or you're carrying the presence of God that is, that, is, that is making you a platform for kingdom advancement. You don't need to say anything. It's just because of what you believe. And when the opportunity comes, you're not going to keep your mouth shut. You're going to let people know that this is about him. Hello, that you're a kingdom ambassador. Amen. You are representing him. That is why he will keep you. Because when you are committed to him, he's committed to you. When you make him your priority, he makes you his priority. The challenge is this, we are not his priority. That's the challenge. And we, we're not his priority. We're not committed to him. We make him an afterthought and we expect to what? To lay hold on the best from him. It doesn't work like that. When you walk with him in covenant, he walks with you in covenant. When you make 
him is you know an afterthought. So okay, let's say Sunday, Sunday we'll go there again. No, no, it's not Sunday, Sunday medicine. It's not Sunday, Sunday diaprene. We used to take that when I was much younger. Hello, faith is not so, is faith is something we engage with every day. Contend earnestly for the faith which was for us delivered to the saints. We must contend. Why must we contend? Because of things that are what coming against our faith. Why must we contend? Because if we don't contend, this thing is about to be lost. Why must we contend? Because of what? Inhibitors that are standing against us and making progress in our faith. And that's why we're focusing on them in the next one, two, three Sundays. Identify faith inhibitors. Hosea 4, 6. What does it say? My people are what? My people, there is people, my people. Look at what the capital letter M there. My people, not people on the streets, not those who do not know him. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The knowledge you, you don't have is an experience you'll be denied of. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Somebody said, you know. I've thought sometimes, and people, I hear people say this, well, I know that. And for me, it's a first indicator that they do not know anything. Because if you hear something, even though you've heard it before, and your attitude is that, I know that, is somebody not working in Revelation. Because every day, the Bible says his word is new every morning. When that word is coming afraid, there's something that God wants to say to you there. Passages I've read many, many times. I'll go back there. Reading it, I'll see one one thing. I'll see another thing. I'll say, wow, I've not seen that before, even though I've read it many, many times. But if I'd come with that, yes, I know that, you'll just leave the place with nothing. Because God does not what? He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He said, because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priest for me. What do priests do? Offer spiritual sacrifices. And because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will forget your children. Meaning your faith will impart your generation. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What knowledge? Knowledge coming from ABC. What knowledge? Revelation knowledge. The revealed knowledge coming from the mouth of God. It's called revelation. What is revelation? God directly revealing himself to your spirit, man. That's revelation. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They are separated from good. The good that God has ordained for them. Why? Because of lack of knowledge. Let's go back to the book of Jude. And I'll read it from the TPT version. TPT. Get the TPT. It's a version I go to again and again and again. Because of it's, it, it's, it's, more, it's quite explanatory, and there are things that you glean from it. Jude chapter 1, from verse number 1, TPT, from Judah. Judah, hello, I hope Judah is listening. Judah, a loving servant of Jesus, the anointed one, and brother of Jacob. I'm writing to the chosen ones. Remember, I said those who are sanctified. Chosen ones who are wrapped in the love of Father God. Kept and guarded for Jesus the Messiah. May God's mercy and peace and love cascade over you. 
verse number three, dearly loved friend. I was fully intending to write to you about our amazing salvation we all participate in, but felt the need instead to challenge you. That's why I challenge you all the time. You cannot be close to me and you're not ready for challenge. Amen. If you're close to me, you must be ready to be challenged in every area. Challenge to go to the next level in every area, in your faith, in your giving, in your love for God. You can't just afford to stay in the comfort zone. Two things will happen. Either you move away from him or what? You change in your attitude. I was fully intending to write to you about amazing salvation we are participating in, but felt the need instead to challenge you to vigorously defend and contend for the beliefs that we cherish. For God, through the apostles, has once for all entrusted this truth to his holy believers. Vigorously defend, I love that, and contend for the beliefs that we cherish. The beliefs, not just one, the beliefs that we hold there. The eternal truth coming from the word of God. The truth that you have believed. Let me tell you, if you don't guard them, you will lose them. Remember the parable of the sower. After listening to the message, he came and then stole it from the heart. How do you guard them? Oh, that's a message for another day. How do you guard this truth? How do you ensure that they are not lost? Have you noticed that if you, don't, if you are not watching over, suddenly they lose their power and lose their potency? So today we are looking at faith inhibitors. What are faith inhibitors? There are three main areas that the believer must be ready to contend with in this life. Three main areas. We looked at the first one last week. Satan, the number one primary inhibitor of our faith. And I showed you that the first time that man was confronted with, that man was deceived, it was the enemy that showed up in the garden. The Bible says he came in a very subtle way. The enemy is not going to come with two horns. Nobody will follow him. He say, Nobody will follow him, but he comes very subtly. He comes with that suggestion. He will come and just drop those words in your heart. Look at what they're saying. Look at this. Are you sure? And those words, are you, the moment you start to listen, when you don't cast them out immediately, then you become what? You have opened the door. And when you give him a mile, when you give him an inch, it will go what? Thank you. Not even a mile. It will go 100 miles. Before you know what is happening, you are already in trouble. What are faith inhibitors? What does it mean to inhibit? I looked at that, I'll remind us. Please, note some of these key things. Don't forget them. Note them. What, are, what do inhibitors do? And I checked this from Merriam-Webster, 1828 Dictionary. You know, 1828 Dictionary is available. Those big, fat dictionaries. I love this one because it actually was written based on faith. And they will use examples from scriptures to interpret, to explain those words. An inhibitor is that which what? Inhibits. I like that. Or restrain. Or hinder. Or check. Or repress. Look at that. You want to make progress. 
Then he comes to restrain. He wants to say, now I'm taking off. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, yes, I'm going to join the, 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 you know, the five-day empress. I'm going to join it. I'm not going to miss it again. Suddenly, somebody comes and says, have you watched that movie? He said, which movie? Oh, it's the latest blah, 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 blah. Oh, yes, I can, I can, I can send it to you. In fact, you can watch it. Look at the time. He said, it's about 11. I was planning to go to bed. Then you say, oh, oh, don't miss it. Don't miss the movie. And then you put it. You watch it about until about 12.30 to 1. Ah, oh, very, very fast. <laughs> and by the time you go to bed, one, it becomes difficult to wake up at 5. He said, oh, and then you end up missing the game. It might not even be a movie. Maybe somebody will come knocking and they say, yeah, I have this one for you. Or a call will come in. And then you're talking and talking and talking. Things will come in. You know, a lot of things like that. He said, but why is this person always coming when I determine to do? You don't know that the enemy is walking. Walking. Either deliberately to that person. Or even without the knowledge that, of that person. But that person has become what? A channel that the enemy walks through. Enemy walks through. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, yes, uh, but the Satan cannot walk through my brother. He's, my, he's very, very close to me. Ask Peter. Ask Jesus to, to ask you about Peter. Hello. So what does it mean to inhibit? To restrain. To forbid. To prohibit and to interdict. So this morning I'm looking at faith inhibitor number two. Faith inhibitor number two. Let me say this before I go into, into faith inhibitor number two. Is that the enemy has been defeated. Yes, he will still try to do the same thing today. But when you understand your authority in Christ. When you know that indeed at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. When you learn to resist him in faith, you'll be victorious all the time. Hallelujah. So what exactly is faith inhibitor number two? Faith inhibitor number one, Satan. Faith inhibitor number two is what? Hello? Eh? Is what? I miss sanctuary worship. Because this will be the time to ask all of you questions. You know, all of you questions. You are, you are escaping my question because you are a point cook now. The time to ask all of you questions. What I will tell you. Faith number two, the world. The world. The world. 1 John chapter 2 from verse number 15 to 17. What does it say? 1 John chapter 2, 15 to 17. Love not the world. 1 John chapter 2 from verse 15. I'm reading from KJV version or King James version. I love it there. That's where, you know, in my earlier years in faith, I, I was reading the KJV. And sometimes many scriptures, I still quote them in the KJV. But the New King James is also good. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is what? Is not in him. Verse 16. 
For all that is in the world is called what? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. 17. And the world is passing away, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Love not the world. This is a major, major faith inhibitor. Is the enemy around us. Hello, somebody. Satan is the enemy above. For we rest not against flesh and blood, but principalities and power and rulers of darkness on this age. Spiritual wickedness where? Operating from the heavenly realm or heavenly places. That's the enemy above. This is the enemy around. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. What does that mean? Without proper understanding. Or if you are not a careful student of God's word. You say, but wait a minute. Didn't Jesus say, for God so loved the world. And he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Why is it that, again, the Bible is now saying, love not the world. Didn't Jesus say, for God so love what? The world. You are very, very accurate in remembering that scripture. But the meanings are not the same. The word in John 3.16, what exactly is that word referring to? The word there is the word that is referring to the mass of humanity. The mass of humanity. The original nature of man by which is distinguished from other beings. This can also be described as mankind or the human race. So the word in John 3, 16 is talking about the human race or mankind or the mass of humanity or the original nature of man that God gave to Adam before the fall. If you want to go further there. So the Bible says, for God so loved the world. What does that mean? For God so loved the world. Love the human being that he created. The man that he created. God does not love the sin of man. But God loves what? Man. This is talking about humanity. God loves humanity. For God so loved the world. He loves man. God loves man so much. Amen. And I'll explain the word here in 1 John chapter 2 later. But let me take you to the book of Psalm so that we can see it there. God loves man. Man is the crown jewel of his creation. Psalm number 8 from verse number 1. Psalm number 8 from verse number 1. For God so loved the world. God loves you. Hello, somebody. I say, God loves what? You. He doesn't love all the mystics and everything like that, but he loves you, his creation. Amen. And that is why he gave his only begotten son. Verse number one, Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens, 
Verse number two, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained what? Strength. Because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained. What is what? I can hear you. What is what? What is man that you are what? That you hate him. No. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. You have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. That is no accurate interpretation. I will show you later. For you have made him a little lower than angels. The word there is not the word angel. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. Verse number six. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. This man, the man that is walking around on the face of the earth, Thank God that in spite of everything, God still loves man. But this is not the man with dominion now. Man lost dominion in the garden. Christ came to restore that dominion. That's what God brought the world to us for quite a while in the last few months. So that we can start to walk in the dominion, the original dominion that God gave us. Say so you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hand. You have put all things under his feet. But look at that verse 4. He said, what is man? You are mindful of him. And the son of man that you visit him. Let's go to TPT. Psalm 8, TPT from verse number 5. Verse 8, TPT from verse number 5. Yet, what honor you have given to men, created only a little lower than Elohim. So the word there is the word Elohim, not the word angels. But why did they interpret this sometimes when people don't have revelation? It's like, how can you say that man is just lower than Elohim? I, I think the best way to put it is to make him lower than angels. No, this man will judge angels. Man will judge angels. Angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. We've not been created a little lower than angels. We've been created a little lower than Elohim himself. And the son of man that you, uh, that you visit him, verse number five. You crown him with glory and magnificence. Verse number six. You, have de you delegated to them rulership over all you have made with everything under their authority, placing earth itself under the feet of your image bearers. Say so you have delegated to them what? Rulership over all that you have made with everything under their authority. So what's the difference between the world in John 3.16 and the world in 1 John 2 verse 15? What's the difference? John 3.16 is talking about humanity. 1 John 2.15 is talking about humanism. Humanity and what? Humanism. Humanity must be separated from humanism. Somebody said, what is humanism? What is it? When you're talking about humanism, what are we talking about? Thank you. We're talking about this political system of this world, the economic system of this world, the way of thinking of this world, that man has become what? That man has become anti-God in his thinking, in his mindset, 
in his behavior and in everything that suddenly this man that God created in his image has become a caricature of the original creation. He said, love not the world, love not the systems of this world. It's unfortunate. I, it's almost as if there's there tears in my heart because even many believers think like the world. Many believers reason like the world. Many believers operate like the world. Is this the in fact, for many, there's no difference. There's no difference. The thinking is, is, is flesh, is natural based. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse number 16. What are the things that are in the world that God is warning us against? Number one. What for all that is in the world is the lust of the world, the flesh, and the lust of what the eyes and the world, the pride of life is not of the father, but it's of the world. Why? Because those three areas represent the major areas of temptation of the enemy. The major areas that is what he did for Adam in the garden. Loss of what? The flesh. Loss of the eyes and the pride of life. Let's go there. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. Or from verse number 1. Let's go, let's read everything from verse number 1 to verse number 6. Genesis chapter number 3 from verse number 1. What does it say? Genesis 3. Now the serpent. Again, what? Serpent. I had a revelation overnight, Saturdays to Sunday. And I believe with all my heart something major took place. I held the head of the serpent, of the snake. I held it so strongly until the entire thing was crushed. And by the time the thing died, I don't know how where the strength came from. But I held it and I crushed it. By the time the, the, the serpent died, it turned into, uh, and into dust like, in fact, it turned into dust like and it became like jelly, like that. In fact, the substance, I can't even explain it. Turned, the entire thing had disappeared. The head of the serpent has been smashed. And you will see the thing that will be happening with us. You see the release of finances is stepping into overflow of abundance. You see the thing that we would have happening to you. Whatever is holding many back has been broken in Jesus' name. And I can tell you, you know, one of my daughters came to me yesterday. She was, they were clearing the house, cleaning and everything like that. And suddenly she came to me. He said, Dad, look at this envelope. And I said, what's that? I said, I didn't even know that. And I looked, I didn't know that I had this money. And it was loads, words of, I said, what is that? He said, yes. I said, don't remember. He said, oh, this is my, I said, you brought the envelope. Who crushed the head of the serpent? And he brought the envelope to me. And he gave the envelope to me. And I looked at it. He said, I didn't even know. They were clearing things. And it, that envelope had been there. I don't know for how long. She didn't know it was there. And she saw it. It was filled with cash. It was filled with some. And then suddenly she dropped it. And then she went back and said, I found more. 
and found more, and he brought it. The envelope is still with me up to now. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Who deserves the, the one who crushed the head of the what? Serpents. Don't worry, you'll get the envelope back. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That any beast of the feet with the Lord had made, and he said to the woman, As God in this said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Verse number two. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. Look at it. Power of suggestion. You know, came. As God said, Look at it, verse number one. As God said, and he said to the woman, As God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden. Verse number two. The woman said, But look at it in her innocence. But the woman said, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but but the, of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse number four. Then the serpent said to the woman, again, power of suggestion. Be careful the voice you listen to. Be careful your thoughts. Be careful. But you can't fight wrong thoughts with bragado. You can't fight. No, no, I will not think them. That's not the way to handle them. The way to handle them is this, is through the power of scriptures that you can counter wrong thoughts. So if your heart is not filled with the word of God, it's difficult, nay, impossible. But when you fill them with the word of God, the moment the thoughts are coming, something hits them. You know what Jesus said? He said, the words that I speak to you, their word, their spirit, and their life. And in Isaiah, it says that when the enemy will come like a flood, the Spirit of God raises a standard against it because you have filled your heart with the Word of God. Standards are continually being raised against those wrong things that wants to penetrate you. Thoughts are very thoughts are not just natural. Thoughts are spiritual, and they come to try to cause you to conform to the source of the thought. So the source, the thought that you receive, eventually you become conformed to the thought of it. And that's what happened to the man and the woman here. The moment they received that thought, they became conformed to the source of the thought. They changed God and changed nature. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, verse 4. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like what? God, knowing good and evil. Verse number 6, where we are going. So the woman what? The woman what? Saw the lust of the eyes. Saw the tree. That was what? Saw that the tree was good for food. The lust of the flesh, brother. So the, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, the lust of the flesh, and it was pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the world, the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one what? Wise. The pride of life. She took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Temptation came and Adam failed. And humanity has been plunged into darkness from that day up to now. No wonder thousands of years later we are battling with COVID-19 because of the fall and what took place here. The woman saw that the tree was good for food, the lust of the flesh. Those are the things in the world. And it was pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the eyes. And the tree desirable to make one white, the pride of life. And Adam fell. 
Let's fast forward it to 2,000 years after the Son of God came. Eternity entered into time and he had to face the same test. Because Adam failed, he now came toward to rewrite the entire thing. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 from verse number 1. What does it say? Matthew chapter 4 from verse number 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Verse 3. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. What's that? Temptation number one. The lust of the the flesh. The lust of the what was the first temptation that Adam faced? The lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. Then number two. He said, command that these stones become bread. And what happened to Eve or Adam and Eve? They did what? They failed. But listen and watch what happened. We know the story, but I'll remind you. And he answered and said, it is written. That even though Adam failed in the garden, but the one that will pass the exam is here. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, and he passed the test. Verse number five. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And then he answered to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Verse number seven. And Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. What was that? The lust of the, or what? The pride of life. Why don't you throw yourself down and make a display of who you are? The pride of life. There's something about the fallen human nature that is so prideful. That is so prideful. The fallen human nature that is so prideful. You want to, but look at it. Verse number eight. Let's continue. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of this world and their what? And their glory. I kept, that's why I kept, I've been saying to us that, you know, we need to position ourselves as a church because of the thing that God will do with us. Hallelujah. So that we learn to give him the glory. We learn to give him the honor. We learn to give him the adoration. Amen. Praise God. I've learned this. That is why you will never see me put in anywhere, in any document, the founding pastor of the city of refuge. Where did the vision come from? Who gave it? Who gave it? God. Who gave it? God. And definitely you know, not see me use the, the, the terminology general overseer. Amen. Praise God. Who is general overseer? Who is the one that is general overseer? God, I'm the one general overseer. How can you be general? Well, I'm not saying those who use it. Well, I'm just talking about revelation that God has given to some of us in this family. Amen. 
That is the way we see it. Amen. If you want to use the word overseer at all, use the word serving overseer. Not general overseer. You're not the one in control. He's the one in control. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and world worship him. What did he show him? All world. The kingdoms of the world. Does that not sound like Nebuchadnezzar? He said, look at all these things. My hands are what? They've done them. Look at all of it. But look at what Jesus said. But then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God. And him only you shall what? You shall serve. You shall worship the Lord your God. Verse number 11. Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to war, to him. Then angels came and ministered to him. The lust of the flesh. The lust of war. The pride of life. And the lust of the eyes. He passed the test that Adam failed. Those are the three areas whereby the enemy will always come and tempt his Tempt God's people. He tempted Adam in the garden with that. And he went again to Jesus with the same temptation. And it will be the same thing for us. Same thing. The temptation will come. Number one, the loss of what? The eyes. Number two, what is it again? The loss of the flesh. And what is it again? The pride of life. If you pass those three, you'll always, if you know how to pass those three, you'll always defeat Satan. Because those are the areas he would attempt to do what? To try and get you. Why again has this one? Because these are warnings. Let's go back to First John chapter number two. First John chapter number two from verse number 15. And I'll go to it was, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse number 16. For all that is in the world is the lust of what? The flesh. The lust of what? The eyes. And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Then verse number 17. What does it now say? And the world is what? Passing away. Why are you investing all your entire life in that which is passing away? That which will not endure to all generations. Why are you making, making what should be minor, major? And making what should be major, minor? Why do you invest so much in things that will eventually not endure? That's why it's one us here. He said the world is passing away. And the laws, what, thereof. I want you for a moment to stop and think that, look at this. Those things that you are putting a lot of effort in, a lot of energy in, would they still be relevant 50 years from now? Would they still be relevant 100 years from now? What should be our attitude to those things? How do we handle them? Does it mean that we must not just focus, we must not, oh, everything. No, I'm not talking about the fact that we should just, we shouldn't walk, we shouldn't do it, we shouldn't, but what should, should be our attitude to them? 
And sometimes when we have our attitude misplaced, the lack of these things become the major area of worry for us. Oh, I want this. Oh, I want that. Oh, this. And especially, you start to compare yourself with others. The Bible says those who compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. You are unique in him. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for your life. You are not an accident of creation. Then what should be our focus? What should be our area of the, 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 our focus? The area which we, which is, which we should measure in as His own. Let me take you to the Master Himself in Matthew chapter number six, and let's hear. This is a, and I'm, I'm sharing with you from personal experience, he used this scripture to change my life forever because I was like that. My desire was, oh yes, I want to acquire, I want to do this, I want to do, I want to do this, I want to do that. He told me, take it easy, son. And he started teaching me. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 25. This has changed my life. And in the same way, I'm trusting God that because if this will change you, then you will become one that God will be able to commit so many things to. He said, therefore I say to you, do not what? Do not worry about your life. I've explained the word worry to us. Worry is like a rocking chair. All what? All motion but no movement. Do not worry. Turn to your neighbor with a sitting. He said, do not worry about your life. And then, what is the next one? What you what? Eat. What you what again? Drink. Not about your body, what you will put on. This is a major area, especially for our ladies. What you will put on. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I need to put on this. Have you seen this? Have you seen that? Amen. <laughs> I went to... I went to um, what is it? This shopping mall. Um, high Point. I went to High Point. I wanted to prove this. I went to High Point. If you get to High Point, you see that it's called uh, directory. I went there. I put women's fashion there. The thing just continue, 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 continue. I put men's fashion there. You can count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know? <laughs> but women's fashion, oh, Lord, because women love this. Am I saying she don't look good? I'm not saying that. But don't let that be your primary word, concern. Don't let be, oh, yes, does this thing. Don't let that be your primary, look good. It's good to look good. But if that is the movie, my, have you seen my, have you seen the, have you, and that is a major motive. And you are comparing, you come to church, you say, what, what shoe is he wearing? Well, what shoe is this person wearing? And you compare, oh, this shoe was more expensive than mine. I need to change this one next Sunday. No, no, no. You are focusing on the wrong things. Say, so do not worry about your life. What is that talking about? your future. Hello, somebody. Do not worry about your life. Talking about your future. Do not worry about what you will eat or drink. What's that talking about? 
food. And do not worry about your world, body, what you put on. What is that talking about? Talking about fashion. It's called the three F's. Future, food, and fashion. Don't worry about the provisions. Don't worry about the provisions. Don't worry about your future. Don't worry about what you put on. He said, it's not life more than what? More than food? And the body more than what? Clothing? Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing? 26. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into burns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Verse number 27. Which of you by what? Worrying yourself, releasing toxins into your body can add one cubit to his stature. By worrying and worrying and worrying, has he changed anything? Does he change anything? 20, 28. Well, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. 29. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse number 30. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? 31. Therefore do not worry. Because when you worry, you start to worry, say the wrong things. Do not worry, saying. Do not worry, what? Saying. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Verse 32. For after all these things, who are those who seek them? Who are those who seek them? Gentiles. Who are Gentiles? Uh, who are Gentiles? People in this, uh, what? Who are Gentiles? Gentiles mean non-Americans. Is that what, is that? <laughs> because there are people, <laughs> because there are people who believe because by the virtue of place of birth, you can call yourself Christian. No, no, no. Gentiles are what? Unbelievers. Those who do not believe. Are you a believer? Then do not seek these things. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these what? Things. Verse number 33. But seek what? Seek what first? Seek the dominion of God first. Seek the rulership of God first. Seek the, 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 seek, seek the rulership of the dominion of God. Seek the presence of God first. And his right way of doing things. Do you know that the way of doing things in the kingdom many times is different from the world? The way of doing things through the world is different from the world. I thank God for when the Lord started changing my thinking pattern. I don't think the way many people think. I think based on God's word. And therefore, it's enabled me to always find out God's right way of doing things. His righteousness change the way you think. And all these things shall be what? Added to you. Shall be added to you. When you seek first the kingdom 
I'll share this with you and I'll close. After leaving the university, finished from the College of Medicine, University of Lagos, Nigeria. After finishing and obtaining my degree in physical therapy, and the desire was to go to the US because all my friends packed their bags and everybody left. And I wanted to leave. And I wanted to go and join them, especially when they said, oh, come and see, they're making this money. They are doing that. And I also said, well, I will not miss out. I will also pack my bag and go, I will never forget. We were in service one day, and it was Pastor Bakary was ministry. And he said, turn to your neighbor. And I turned. And he said, hold your hand and start, start to pray for one another. And I heard the hands of the person start, who stood by my side and were praying. And I heard it clearly. Remember, my bags were almost, I finished packing the bags to move toward America. I, uh, a lot of things like that. And I heard, I'm sending you to Kano. I said, what? I'm sending you to where? Kano. Kano and America, they are so far apart. How many of us know that? I couldn't deny that I had Kano. I couldn't deny that God has spoken to me. I ended up in the prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. The excitement of, oh, hallelujah. God, 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 God. I said, hallelujah in Jesus' name. Because Kano and America, oh, I left the church that day. It was so clear in my spirit. It was so clear in my mind. Not long after that, my friend came. One of those very close friends who moved to America came from America and invited me for his wedding. He had rebuilt, he had built a new house, rebuilt his father's house. And he said to me, he said, Shay, we're waiting for you. In fact, before then, he came to look, at, look for me because I was working at the teaching hospital there, of Gun State University Teaching Hospital. He came to look for me there. And he said he came to seek. He said, because he kept, they were writing and they wasn't responding, he said, I've come to look for you. Maybe they have made you the, uh, the chief medical director here. Or why is it that you're not responding? I said, I said, God has called me to preach. And he's sending me to Kano. He said, ah. He said, you can come to America and preach. And not only that, you do, when you come, America is good. Okay. He said, come for my wedding. And we went for his wedding. I saw the new house he just built. And he took me, he said, do you know where I went to shop before coming for this wedding? I said, no. He said, I went to Switzerland to shop. I said, Switzerland? He said, yes, yes. We're making good money. And he said, I'm not asking you for anything. Just send me all the documents, all expenses paid. My wife was there. All expenses were paid. I had that. I knew this was what? My friend, but like the way he appeared in the garden. <laughs> in a very subtle way, I quickly packed my bag. I said, let us go home. You know, I won't mention his name. But if he's ever listened to this, he would not depend. You know, I said, let's go home. And I returned. We faced Kano. Kano was not easy. But do you know, it was in Kano that he now spoke to me that I'll be sending you to Australia.
that whatever you, anything you give up for God, he will multiply back to you. He will never owe anyone. When he said, I'm sending you to Canada, he wanted me to go there so that I would develop strength, I would develop capacity. He, he, he kept Australia away so that the fullness of time, he will not say, I'm sending you there. When he makes a demand for your time of your finances or whatever it is, it's because he's gotten him some big things just in store for you. Supposing I disobeyed, I say, yeah, well, uh, the person that they will kill is what they are looking for. I'm going to America, I'll pack my bags, and I'll go there. Maybe the day of September 11, then he will now ensure, remember, you know, I went there, he didn't send me there. And that's when he will now, I will now say, let me go and visit my friend walking in the, the Twin Tower. You just because the enemy is, 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 he knows how to build booby traps everywhere. Booby traps everywhere. What am I saying? Am I saying it's not good to travel abroad? Am I saying it's not good to go? To, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is this seek first the kingdom of God. Let God be your priority. Let Him be the one directing your steps. Where that you will go to, the things that you would do, the step that you would take. Let Him be the one guiding you. Let Him be the priority in your life. And all these things shall be added to you. That is why I'm so confident. Confident. I've said it, you can go to the bank that whatsoever I do not seem to have now. Everything the Lord is, and he's proving that. When I obeyed him and I went to Canada, I didn't know anything about Australia. He didn't tell me anything about Australia. But I've preached in America. I've visited America a number of times. I'm living in Australia now. I will choose Australia anytime over America. I will choose it anytime over America. Number one. Oh, don't let, let don't let's start to go to comparison. We'll leave that one to another day. But I've been there. Maybe you have I've been there. I've preached there. I've traveled there. I've traveled there. Ah, I'll prefer here. Who chose this one? Him. What was my choice? There. Let him be the one that makes your choices. Let him be the one guiding you. And the things that you desire, he will add them to you. Let me conclude this message by taking you back to the book of First John, chapter number, 20, chapter number 2, verse number 20. First John, chapter number 2, from verse number 15. But in the TPT version, First John chapter 2, number 15, it reads, and I quote, Do not set your affections, the affections of your heart on this world, or in loving the things of the world. The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. Verse 16, for all that the world can offer us, the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of our flesh, the allurement of the things of the world, and the obsession with status and importance. That man is so obsessed with status and importance. And none of these things come from the Father, but from this world. They do not come from the Father, from this world. This world and its desires are in the process of what? Passing away. But those who love to do the will of God will live forever. 
That word love to do the will of God there means those who continually, habitually love to do the will of God. They will what? Abide forever. Abide forever. Meaning simply this. When you seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, every other thing shall be added to you. Make the kingdom your priority. Do not make the, 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 the leo of the world, the pride of life, the Lord of priority. If you make that, the love of the Father is not in you. But when you make the kingdom your priority, instead, it will add to you what others are pursuing. It will add to you what others are running after. What you desire is not loss. It's just for us to make adjustments in our heart and put our priorities in the right place. And you see what God will do with us, for us, through us, and in us in the days to come. Let us pray. Rise up on your feet wherever you are and thank him for this message. Thank him for the world. Love not the world. Or the things that are in the world. These are warnings. For that which is in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we just give you praise. We give you worship. We give you adoration. Lord, I pray where our love has been on the things of the world, where that desire is to be like the Joneses, is to be like others, we are driven by the desire to acquire, not to seek the first the kingdom. Father, if anyone is like that under the sound of my voice, we pray, O oh Lord my God, let there be a fresh work of the Holy Spirit. And dear Lord Jesus, let there be a release of grace. Open eyes to see. Open ears to hear. Open hearts to know that these things do not endure forever. How good and how wonderful it is for us to pursue your kingdom and see how all these other things are dead to us. Oh Lord our God, that is our desire. Lord, to seek first the kingdom, not to run after what all others are running after in the world. No wonder you will make a difference between your people and others. And Lord, I pray that this will be our Lord, Father. As we pursue the kingdom, as we seek first the kingdom, confirm your word in our lives. In Jesus' name. Can you thank him? And let's pray and ask and go ahead and rededicate your life to him. Ask, rededicate your heart to him. Rededicate your life to him. Father, I rededicate my life. I rededicate the entire church family. Rededicate ourselves as a family to you, Lord. And we say, have your way. Rule and reign. Let your, the love, let your kingdom be, be our priority. Every one of us. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we know that when we make you a priority, you make us your priority. When we walk in covenant with you, oh Lord, my God, you walk in covenant with us because you cannot deny yourself. 
and your covenant will you not break, neither will you alter the words that have gone forth out of your mouth. We give you glory, Lord, this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.